Welcome to the show. My name is James Nielsen Watt, and in this show, we interview interesting, inspiring, and successful people so you can learn the secrets to success and can play the game of life, business, health, and happiness better. And the philosophy we take here is if I'm leveling up my game, you get to level up yours as well. So get ready to listen to some inspiring people who have figured out how to have success in all areas of life, health, happiness, wealth, business. We're gonna be interviewing them in this show so that you can learn the secrets to success that they share with practical advice that you can take and use today. So if you enjoy the show, please subscribe, please leave us a review, and please share it with your friends because if I can help you and you can help others, then we can help more people together and we can all level up our game together. My guest today is the founder and CEO of Gustio, uh, a platform that streamlines the booking process for podcasts. Travis Chappelle helps his clients build trust with their ideal audience or clients. If more credibility is needed, he helps his clients earn more of it through setting up strategic interviews with well-known people in their space. His Build Your Network podcast currently has over 500 episodes and is consistently at the top of the business and entrepreneurship iTunes charts and has been featured in Forbes 10 podcasts to change your life alongside Joe Rogan, Tim Ferriss, and other A-list podcasters. In his book, Meet Your Hero, How to Accelerate Your Brand and Business Growth by Connecting with People You Admire Most, Travis shows people how to grow their network with like-minded, successful people and lay the foundation of a mutually beneficial relationship that lasts. Today, he is coaching others on how to start from nothing and build a network. Welcome to the show, Travis. Super excited to have you on, my friend. Hey, what's up, James? Thanks so much for having me, man. I'd love it if you can give our audience a bit of a, a background on you and, and how you got into the podcast game. Because I know that you know, you're, you're right at the top there now, but that kind of been the case from the start. So tell us a bit more about your background. Sure. Yeah. So a few years ago, I was just a sales guy. I was doing doing door-to-door sales. So uh, in college, just wanted to make a little extra money. And then out of college, realized I didn't want to do the thing that I went to college for. And uh, so by that point, nobody would really hire me for anything that would have paid decently well. So it was like option A, start at you know, whatever, $30,000, $40,000 a year at a desk job working for somebody I probably don't like or respect that much. Uh, being told what to do all the time. Or uh, option B was just continue doing door-to-door sales and get better at it and have control over my schedule and my income. And so I opted for the second thing and uh, did like pretty well with it. Uh, the, the the first time that I did it full-time for a full year, um, pulled six figures, knocking doors. And I, at that point, got a lot of clarity around the fact that I did not want to continue doing that. <laughs> uh, ironically enough, like if you're in your early 20s making six figures in 20-hour work weeks, you're probably pretty happy about that. Uh, but uh, for whatever reason at the time, just knew that I didn't want to stay there. I think I think it was just because I looked into the future and saw like 32-year-old Travis instead of focusing on 22-year-old Travis. And was just like, I don't know if I want to be doing this at that age. And not even to like throw shade at that industry because I have a lot of friends who make a lot of money knocking doors and it, and it gives them a really great lifestyle. Uh, I just didn't think it was for me. And so I... After that year, was just kind of searching for what, what, like, what am I going to do? I don't want to do the thing I have my degree in. Now I don't want to do the thing that I'm skilled in. So basically, starting from scratch here, you know, what should I do next? 
And I knew it was something online because I craved the type of freedom that that the online businesses gave you. You know, door to door gave me a certain amount of freedom as 100% commission. I could work when I wanted to, not work when I didn't want to. But the bottom line is when I traveled, when I was gone, I didn't make money. So I would make up for it before I left and when I got back and then I would be gone. But I wanted something that I could travel with, that I could go places, do things and still be able to make money, have that freedom. And uh, and I figured, you know, as a millennial, I should probably figure out how to make money online because it seems like that's how everything is moving. And uh, and I didn't know how to do that, so uh, I at the time just was searching for information. And for the first time in my life, started listening to podcasts, um, listening to audiobooks, uh, reading actual books. Uh, which, if you knew me before, then you would have been super surprised by. And uh, I, I was just searching, man, find, trying to find answers. And podcasting was kind of the medium of choice for me because I just really enjoyed the format and I enjoyed learning that way. And after a while of listening to podcasts, it just kind of was like, man, this seems like it'd be a really cool thing to do. I always thought that I, uh, you know, growing up, you know, it was a pretty, I had a pretty small class. So take this, you know, as you will. But I, I felt like I was decent at writing if I sat down. And like put my mind to it and did some research. I felt like I could come up with a pretty good, you know, uh, research paper or whatever. And and so blogging was something I thought about doing for half a second until I realized like just because you're decent at something doesn't mean that you enjoy it. And I definitely didn't enjoy the writing process at all. And so I was like, well, podcasting is basically just audio blogging, and that sounds like it would be more interesting to me. So uh, we went ahead and started a podcast. No idea, you know, really what I was doing or how I was going to make money. I just knew that. This was the direction that I kind of wanted to be steering my ship in, and after after a little while, you know, things just started to open up along the way, and uh, it's uh, you know, action always provides clarity, and that's what it did for me. So it turned into, you know, I have the podcast, and then we were making money from the podcast, and then it was uh, starting masterminds, and then uh, uh, doing in person events, and then COVID shut all that down, so it turned into more online coaching and courses and helping entrepreneurs start, grow, create, and uh, uh, profit from podcasts. And that basically all led to uh, the software company that we have now called Guestio, which is uh, kind of an online marketplace that allows podcasters or YouTubers, anybody with an interview show, to monetize their content through sponsored guesting uh, rather than taking all their guests for free uh, or just working with agencies that don't pay them. Uh, we're building in a marketplace for those shows to connect directly with guests who are willing to pay for the guest spots that are that they have available on their show. So uh, that's kind of what we're up to now. But it's crazy looking back to see how it kind of all connected because I really had no idea where I was going. I just knew that this was the direction I wanted to go in. I love that you said that that action breeds clarity because it's true, right? Like you're not going to know how because if you did, then you'd already be doing it. So the idea yep. of how can I do this doesn't even make sense because right. you're never going to know until you know. And if you know, you wouldn't be asking the question, which is the irony. So what did you then, what did you do? Because a lot of my audience uh, and myself, because I'm, I'm genuinely interested, like we're experts, we know stuff. And so we can talk about all of that. But it, like you said, like I went to, to, to school, I studied for five years, I practiced for five and, and I knew that I didn't want to do this. So I did the same thing and I just, I just pivoted. But uh, having kids kind of helped me uh, do that because uh, I'm I'm only 30, and at the time I said I don't want to be practicing forever, and I want to be able to travel and stuff. So kind of a similar epiphany to you, I think. But in terms of starting a show, like I, and we'll get into that because 
there's huge benefits. But what did you what did you talk about? What did you do? Did you just go, you know what, I'm just going to start saying some stuff and figure out along the way? Did you have a plan? How did you get into it? Yeah, so I took a, a free course from a now friend of mine, John Lee Dumas, who teaches podcasting. And uh, I was listening to his podcast at the time. He had a call to action about like, hey, if you want to start a podcast, check out my free podcasting course. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll go through that. So I went through it and um, learned enough from that to understand that I didn't know enough to just do it <laughs> and that I wanted to do it the right way. So I actually reached out to John and asked for an intro to a coach, a podcast coach. And so I hired that podcast coach and then ended up paying for a mastermind to go to John's house. And through all of that, basically, I set up my podcast in that process. And, and to be honest, I put it off for a long time. It was probably way too long of, you know, quote unquote, learning before I actually pulled the trigger and launched the thing. But um, in some cases, I'm not sure that I would have ended up launching if I was just trying to do it by myself. Sometimes that like extra little money that you put into it is what keeps you serious. So it like, keeps you in the game, keeps you from abandoning ship when it gets tough. Um, and uh, and so I, I credit a lot of that to my coach. His name is Jeff Brown. Runs a great podcast called Lead, uh, Read to Lead. Um, and then John Lee Dumas, Entrepreneurs on Fire. And uh, he helped me you know, get some things off the ground at the very beginning. Um, now he's actually an investor and partner in my software company um, as well. So uh, you know it ended up ended up working out okay. But yeah, the at the beginning, like I, I had no idea really what I was going to talk about. My my initial uh, thought was sales, but at the time, I, I knew enough about podcasting at the time to understand that that was a really saturated place to try to jump into. You know, you go to iTunes and search sales, and there's only you know sixty five thousand podcasts that show up to talk about how to sell better. And so I was like, well. If somebody's going to tune into learning how to sell better, it's probably not going to be to me. It's probably going to be to all the other people who already have the main authority and have been doing this for a long time. So uh, it's probably easier to earn authority in a space that is not being tackled correctly. And so networking was the second thing that came up to me because of a couple of reasons. Number one, I asked myself, why did I think I was good at sales? And the answer was that I always got around people who were way better than me at it. And I learned directly from them. I didn't have to reinvent the wheel. I just learned the things that were already working for other people and implemented those things. And uh, and I felt like people were complicating it too much. And so to me, the answer was like, man, if I can just get around people who are so much better at the things that I want to be really good at than I am, I'm going to learn probably faster than any other form of learning that that you can afford. So networking was the topic for me. Even though I'd never been to a networking event, didn't really know what I was doing in networking. So the second thing was that I knew that I needed to build my network at the time. And I figured if I learned a bunch about networking, I could use that, apply those principles in my own life and, and grow my own network. And so I go to iTunes and I search networking and there just wasn't really anything there, man. It was like almost a ghost town. There wasn't, there weren't any shows that were specifically talking about that. You know, there would be episodes of shows that would pop up, but no show that was specifically talking about the ins and outs of how to build better professional relationships. And so I was like, all right, I'll fill that gap. You know what I mean? And um, jumped in, committed to that topic and started creating content like that from day one. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, something that that I'm very acutely aware of as well is as much as we maybe don't like to admit it, a lot of success is, is who you know, not because you're necessarily going to be you know, helped up the ladder, but you get connected, you learn stuff, uh, you get invited to the to the party. And for me, a lot of my success has come from who I've been around. Some people I've just paid to be around them. And a lot of people, they don't consider that. But like the easiest way in is pay. Yeah. Find somebody who's good 
pay to play, man. And, and, and plus, like when you pay, you pay attention too. Like I said earlier, it does, it, if you if you just if you get a bunch of stuff for free, you're a lot less likely to take it seriously. I've I've been on both sides of it. You know what I mean? I've I've been I've been the guy that's that's uh, worked a deal, used my sales magic to go get some program or training for free, and I never open it. I never do it. When you're paying a real price for something, you are more mentally and emotionally committed to that thing. And so I think there's a lot of value in that. But also, if you're always trying to work an angle and you're never willing to pay for for that, to me, it's just like it's almost a little bit disrespectful to the people who've put in the time to become as valuable as they are. It's like if if you want if you want some of my time, if you want to get into this network of people that I've built over a long period of time. And I don't know who you are, then it's a really big ask for for you to expect me to share that you know Rolodex, for lack of a better term, with you uh, when I have no idea who you are. You know what I mean? It's like if, if you're willing to pay, that tells me that you're serious. Um, if you're willing to pay, that tells me that you have at least you've at least made some sort of money in your life. You know that you know what I mean. It gives me more assurance that I can trust you because you're willing to pay. Pay, pay to play sometimes is is just the way to to make it work. And you don't have to do that with every single one of your relationships, but especially if you're really trying to wedge your way kind of into a new industry or new space where nobody knows who you are. You know, paying to play, especially for those first two or three kind of power players in that world, it can be a really great way to like get to know a bunch of the movers and shakers in that space, and uh, and then grow your own knowledge, your own skill set, your own you know, contact list in that world, you know, more exponentially, a lot faster. People have this weird aversion uh, to to not being willing to pay money. Like, yeah, I, I have put in the time and the effort and the energy to build up my value to this point where I deserve to get paid for some of my time. And uh, if you're never willing to pay for that, I think you're going to struggle. I think you're going to struggle with it. And I think that... I think that um, when you finally get to the point where your time is extremely valuable and there's a lot of people that want some of it, you'll finally understand that like, oh, I get it. I get why, you know, people are willing to pay this much money. They, you know, whatever, go have lunch with Gary Vee or whatever. It's like the guy's super busy and every single person that reaches out wants his time. So if you have hundreds of thousands of people that want that are wanting your time, that makes it more valuable than if you only have three people that are reaching out wanting your time. You know, it's literally just the supply and demand thing. And if the time becomes more valuable, then either you have to figure out a way to, you know, exchange value to make it worth their time that's not monetary, or you pay for it. Why is it that big of a deal? I don't, I just don't, I I don't understand. I don't understand it, man. I don't understand why people have such a, you know, it's almost like frowned upon by a certain segment of people that, oh my gosh, I can't believe that you would, are you paying for your friends? And it's like, yeah, a little bit. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing. But that's the thing, though, is like you you're not going to be willing, you're not going to be able to pay for the friendship. You can pay for the connection. You can't pay for the friendship. Meaning, like, so when I I first just because I already brought him up, I I paid John uh, to go to his house to at a mastermind. You know, the mastermind was like sixty five hundred bucks for the weekend. There's like five of us there. Uh, but what I did subsequently is what resulted in becoming actually a like a friend where he's someone that I can text and somebody that was willing to invest money into my company and now is a business partner. Like that doesn't come because I paid the money to go to go to his house. That's just the way that I got my foot in the door to let him know that like, hey, I exist. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then from there, you have to be a good relationship builder 
And, and there has to be some commonalities there. Like you can't force any relationship, no matter how much you want to, if you just don't have something in common with people, you're not going to like hang out with them that often. There's been plenty of people that I've paid to have like the connection to that didn't turn into anything beyond that because like I got to know them, maybe they got to know me and we both were kind of like, ah, this isn't my people. It's not like I don't like them or I don't respect them. It was just like, uh, I'm not going to go grab a beer with you. So we're probably not going to hang out, be friends or become business partners at some point because like, we're not, we don't really align in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? So you can't pay for the friendship, but you can certainly pay for the connection. You can pay for your foot in the door. You can pay to like get that person to understand that, Hey, this person exists and it's pretty cool what they're up to. And if there's continuous synergy there, then continue that relationship. If not, you know what I mean? Then at least, you know, at that point, and there's still some uh, professional advantages that come from having those relationships with those people. Well, as you're, as you're talking, the, the, the thing that pops into my head is, do you really want to go and hang out with a bunch of people who are unwilling to pay for connection? Because that's, yeah. probably not the, that's probably not the party that you want to be at if you're trying to level up your network because they're all going yeah. to be... Well, to me, you know. Yeah, to me, it like shows a, a misunderstanding of, what, of how valuable relationships are. And if you're not willing to pay for them, then you probably don't have like as much respect for a relationship as I would have. You know what I mean? Sorry. Yeah. No, dude, I get it. My, I had a, uh, for those of you listening and not watching this, uh, uh, little boys popped up. Um, what's, what's their name? Yeah, uh, this is Cameron. Hey, Cameron. Say hi, buddy. Say hello. My little boy, uh, Milan came on, uh, a show the other day. He managed to get through the, the gate to get downstairs and was knocking on my door. So I had to, I had to bring him in, but, but, uh, anyway, so speaking about networking, like, I think that when you understand the game, you get that it's about who you can be around, who you can just by osmosis, just absorb knowledge, absorb skills, build connections. Like the, the, the people in my life, if I, if I really think about it, the vast majority of them uh, at the ones at high levels, I paid to, paid to play either with them directly or indirectly. Uh, a lot of people I've met at mastermind events that I was going for one purpose and then the value became who I connected with at the mastermind and the relationships exactly. I built. Then I found out about somebody else and then I paid them. And when you are playing the game, in my opinion, properly, it's, 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 a, it's a giant game of math. If I can pay to participate and be around people and make connections and learn stuff, and then I can apply that to my business and my business grows, I may not have directly got anything out of the event that I went to in terms of a skill I learned, you know, or a tweak or whatever, but the connections relationships two years later turned into something my business grew. So I'm always looking for strategic opportunity to connect with people and network and yeah, podcasting is a great part as well. Oh, totally. Yeah. And we, we talk about that for a second as well. Uh, to me, it comes down to a fundamental disagreement on how you view life. If you're not on purpose about new relationships and you're not going to the events and the masterminds and getting around people when you're not sure how it's going to benefit you, then we just have a fundamental disagreement on how we live life, which is you look at life on a short-term basis. I look at life on a long-term basis. I don't know if any of the, like a lot of the relationships that I have, bro, like, I don't know if they're going to benefit me, quote unquote, benefit me in six months or even two years, but life is long. You know what I mean? Like you said it, you, you said you're 30, I'm, I'm 29. Like we have a long time ahead of us in business, assuming, you know, her health stays there and all that other, you know, good stuff. 15 years from now, like you and I could be sitting in a different conversation where 
you know, like I'm currently in software and you're currently helping, you know, uh, healthcare professionals or whatever. And then in 15 years, you know, I'm looking to get into this healthcare tech business and I need a partnership with somebody who has that audience and I'm not in that world, but I have this great piece of technology. And then we partner on a business. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, it's, it's so, it's so intangible that there's so many, that's, which is why so many people neglect to do it because they'll go to like three events in a year and then they'll be like, well, that didn't really, I didn't really see the return. Cause we spent, you know, $8,000 in travel and hotels and, and event tickets this year. And, uh, you know, we only got, you know, $12,000 back on our PNL, uh, from business that we did in those. And that they take so much time, they take so much energy and I have to leave for the weekend. And, and it's just like, you're, you're looking at it the wrong way to me. And, and I understand that you have to be practical and, and you have to, you know, make room for, for your family and you have to run your business. And I'm not suggesting that you just become one of those like event uh, hobos that just like travels from event to event to event to event to event to event and never gets anything done and just like wants to show up, but then they never go work or implement or do anything. I'm not suggesting you'd be that. I'm just saying like, think about it a little bit more long-term. You don't have to tie back an immediate result to every relationship that you have in order for that relationship to be a valuable quote unquote relationship. Um, yeah. That's the value. That's, that's the nature of relationships. They're all long-term. So Stop thinking short term. Think a little bit more long term. I um I look at it like it's like a I don't know why I'm not exactly a car guy, but like fuel, air, mix in an engine. If there's too much of one, the whole thing doesn't work. And so if you're mm. looking in terms of networking and and then actually putting an effort in the business, I'm always looking for opportunities to speed things up, right? And networking can be a massive fuel of that. But if you're not actually putting work into the business and and, and growing, then you're just going to drown yourself with with all this networking. And so uh, for me, it's it's at the start, I was just, let me be around more people who support where I'm kind of headed. Because most of us, our friends and family, while we love them, are not necessarily aligned with where we're wanting to go because often we've built our network around similar interests. And then now we're trying to step out and that's uncomfortable. So I very quickly tried to jump from one group to another where I was in a, in a different you know, direction, should we say. And then I was now supported in that. And then it's just been this, this, this hopping of how can I be in the room? Like the Gary V thing, for example, uh, at the time uh, when I was sort of getting started, he came with success resources over to New Zealand and, and, and did a, did an event. And I was very much considering going to that dinner for 10 K and hanging out. Now at the time, uh, what I thought was not necessarily a good strategy in terms of allocation of resources, from a different perspective now, I would have jumped at that opportunity because COVID's happened and it's not going to happen again. I'm probably going to have to go to the States to find a dinner that I can be at with, where he's there. But it's like, if I can be in the room, it's not necessarily even about Gary. Who else is willing to pay 10K to have a dinner with Gary? Maybe I should be trying to make friends with those people, not, exactly. to, not to get something out of it, but just to know yes. them, just to know them. Because if I was friends with Elon and Jeff and whoever else, like stuff's going to happen. Tony Robbins talks about that. He was, he said the same thing. I was at one of his seminars recently and he, and he said that he, uh, he was told he needs to be around more investment bankers and, and, and things like that. And, and he was doing that a bit. And, and his, his friend said to him, he's like, those are rookie numbers, man. You've got to be like there all the time, hanging out with these people. And then he did it and he was invited to parties and various trips. And then like, I I'm, I'm butchering the story. Four years later, he does a massive deal worth like a hundred million dollars in a day. Yeah. 
And it's like, cause things happen. I'm right. doing weird, weird, crazy property things now with some friends of mine that I would not have thought of five years ago that happened from relationships because I just liked the dude and we became friends and it leveled up. So talk to us about networking. Cause I think, I feel like we've, we've established like guys, you, you need to be paying to play and you need to be building a network. But if someone's thinking, great, but what do I, what do I do? Where do I find these places? Like, how do I actually start the ball rolling? What's your advice? Yeah. First off, just get started doing something. Find places on meetup.com, you know, listen to your favorite podcast, join their Facebook communities, you know, start online if you need to. You don't have to do anything in person at first. Uh, one thing that we always did in my Facebook group was like we always encouraged people, as soon as you join, create a Calendly link, post your Calendly link in the group and go get on five minute introduction calls with as many people as you can. You know what I mean? Like just random stuff like that, that helps you connect with more people, talk about things that are important to you and, uh, and connect with people who have similar mindsets, similar goals, similar trajectory um, and things like that. And then when you're ready, find a mastermind that, uh, that has a bunch of those people that are there and they're all paying to play, including you. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to go jump and spend tens of thousands of dollars on one. You know, the first couple of masterminds that I started were like, like 97 bucks a month or something like that. And we would do weekly or monthly calls. I forget exactly what it was, but what the deliverables were. But um, there's people that were in my initial like groups that I started three or four years ago that are still friends. A lot of them are like business partners now that are in business together. And a lot of us were like at the beginning of our entrepreneurial journeys at that point. You know, I was just the connecting piece. I was still the guy that was like interviewing good people and had a good podcast, but it was not a very big podcast. And I was still trying to piece everything together. And my first couple of masterminds were less than 10 people each. You know what I mean? But um, the, the relationships that came out of them are people that I still talk to to this day. One of the girls is in my mastermind does all my media buying and copywriting at this point, you know, like, uh, and, and her business has gone from like a $200,000 business to a million plus business. It's a media agency, you know, so uh, there's just there, you just never know how how it's going to work out. Just get started. Um, like I said, start small, go on Facebook groups and search for groups, uh, that are in interests that you want to join. Uh, if you want to start a podcast, search podcast groups. If you're in healthcare, search healthcare entrepreneur groups. You know what I mean? Like there's, uh, there, there's so many ways to go find, especially nowadays to go find groups of people that meet on regular basis to talk about things that you are also interested in talking about. Just go to them, show up. Is it weird? Is it scary? Is it uncomfortable? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. But you know, if you, if you were already like kind of what we were talking about earlier, if you were already comfortable with all of these things, then you wouldn't need to go do them because you would have already done, you know what I mean? Like it's part of the process. You're going to have to do things that are uncomfortable. If you want to, if you want to have results in your life that you've never had before, you're going to have to do things that you've never done before. And doing things you've never done before is always uncomfortable. You know, my son where he's two and a half, but we've been taking him to, um, it's like a pre preschool, you know, it's like a daycare, but they have a curriculum and education and stuff. And, you know, he, he, the first few times would, would just cry when we drop him off, you know, it's, it's scary. First time, you know, being away from being away from us for any length of time with a bunch of strangers and weird people in a, in a classroom and a bunch of other kids he doesn't know. But we know that if we can get him in the habit of like getting uncomfortable and getting comfortable being in uncomfortable situations and being willing to try new things and, and stuff like that, then we think that's going to be a really good, you know, thought pattern to continue having for the rest of his life because that's always been true for me. 
And uh, if, if you're not going to do something because it's uncomfortable, then you may as well commit to mediocrity. You know what I mean? Like you, you gotta, you gotta do uncomfortable things. So, you know, start with Facebook groups, follow, you know, people that are in the world that you're in, follow people like James, if you're in the healthcare world, follow James, follow, you know, some other people that are, that are giving uh, good tips and advice around doing the thing that you're wanting to do. Um, and look for uh, opportunities to, to be closer to them and, and look for communities that they might host. Um, that's where I've found all the masterminds that I've been in is just getting like following people who are like living a version of life that I respect, a version of life that I wouldn't mind living and uh, who have accomplished things that I want to accomplish. And I look for things that they do, things that they put on, uh, events they're speaking at or events that they're hosting, masterminds that they might be involved in or that they are personally running. Like I always... I'm trying to find those people who are doing those things. And then I go get around those people doing those things. And so it's it's really like, especially nowadays in this online digital world, it's not that difficult to find places to connect with those people. How much uh, does your your ability to create value influence this? I'd love to, I've got my opinions. I'd love to hear, hear what you think around it. Like when you're going into these situations, a lot of people say, well, I want to, you know, I want to talk to Gary. And it's like, well, maybe Gary doesn't want to talk to you. So you've got to start somewhere and then you become more valuable. You learn things from others. Like, for example, with me, with, with networking, like if I'm wanting to interview Gary, right, I've got to be somebody that Gary would want to be interviewed by. Right. And if I don't know anything or know anyone, I've got to start, get connected learn who else, who are the other players, get connected with them. And it starts to, I start to level myself up and I'm inherently collecting value because I, now I know people, now I know things. So talk to us a bit about your ability to, to provide value and, and how it helps with networking. Your network will always grow in direct proportion to the amount of value that you can add to other people. Something that I say it over and over again, it's probably annoying to a lot of people that listen to my show but I just believe I believe that's one of the cornerstones of networking is adding value to people. And so if you're not always working to become a more valuable person, network's going to be a little bit more difficult for you. You're always, it's always going to be an uphill battle is my point. You know, it's, it's always going to be like, you're always going to have to find an angle and you're always going to have to be working this angle. It's like, if you just made yourself a more valuable person, you would open that door to connection and people would actually be more interested in connecting with you than you are in connecting with other people. And the people that you want to connect with are going to be you know, banging down your door. And there's a difference, by the way, between like, oh, I want to talk to Gary. It's like, okay, well, you can get on, you know, whatever that, you know, tea with Gary V or whatever and talk to him for 30 seconds on a video. That's not really a meaningful connection with the guy. There's a difference between talking with him on tea with Gary V and then being, you know, his co host on his new show with the CEO, of, I forget his name, the CEO of DraftKings. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a difference in the level of relationship. And it's because that, DraftKings CEO is a very valuable person for Gary to know, and they have a lot of synergy in their uh, in their worlds. Their worlds collide in a lot of ways. They talk about sports. They talk about sports betting. They talk about NFTs and collectibles and all these you know sports cards. There's a lot of similarities that connect those two people together, and that person has a lot of value to add to the conversation with Gary, which is why they're partnered on a new podcast together. Uh, whereas you know me sitting in my living room with no online business and my boxers. You know, wanting Gary Vee to give me the golden ticket to success. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even if I can actually get that connection, the most that might come out of an interaction like that is like an internship at his office. You know what I mean? Like, which, you know, I'm not, not shitting on that. I'm just saying, like, like, you will only get the results 
that matches the the level of value that you can offer into people's lives is my point. Yeah, it's it's always something that I'm working on, man, is trying to make myself more valuable. That's why I'm subscribed to the industry newsletters and I read the industry blogs and I listen to top podcasts and I'm constantly reading or listening to audiobook or going through some material or like learning, trying to, you know, I'm at events. I've paid over six figures per year the last couple of years just in mastermind fees. Uh, to go be in these groups of people so that I can increase the level of connections, level of relationships, the level of knowledge and uh, everything that is at my disposal so that I can become a more valuable person. So people see more value in connecting with me. You know, I think that if you can do that successfully, then um, connecting with people becomes a little bit easier. So should we all start podcasts because then we can interview cool people and, and, and get rich or is there more to it than that? Uh, I think everybody should start a podcast just for that reason. You know, like some people will will say, well, not everybody should start a podcast because of blah, blah, blah. Like I think everybody should start a podcast just for the sake of connecting with other people. Even if you don't get a million downloads, even if you don't get 10,000 downloads, who cares? It's just an excuse to talk to people because people want to be interviewed on platforms. And the types of connections that I've made through my podcast are mind-blowing to me. Like I don't even believe it half the time when somebody says yes to coming on my show. I'm like, this is so weird. This person would never just jump on a call with me. Like, There's no chance in hell that I'd be able to get a virtual cup of coffee with this person or whatever people say. Uh, like, uh, They're not going to say yes to me picking their brain. But because I have an asset that I've built, an audience that is in front of me with a podcast... People are willing to jump on it, and they say yes to the opportunity, you know. And and it's it's all it's all reality check. A lot of times, I'm talking with people that I'm talking to on the show because it's just like, why? How did we even get to this position where I'm actually talking and communicating with this person? And uh, and that's all been directly from the podcast. And look, it doesn't have to be podcasting. Just podcasting to me is the easiest way to do it because literally you're in New Zealand and I'm in Las Vegas and we're having a conversation on a Zoom call right now. And it's a pretty good one-on-one, like you know, intimate type conversation. It helps us get to know each other a little bit. So I like the podcasting medium for those purposes. But it doesn't have to be a podcast. You can start a, a monthly meetup or a quarterly live event or uh, a blog or a YouTube channel or a newsletter or like. It's some sort of content or platform that allows you to connect with other people for the purpose of extracting some sort of knowledge and making them look like a rock star. If you can do that, then you can connect with a lot of people who would never be willing to connect with you otherwise. And and the biggest thing that I've learned is you just got to do it. Like It comes back to what you said at the start, right? Action breeds clarity. Uh, I started my show in December is when I launched the first couple episodes. Now I went crazy. I was recording like six episodes a week, just stacking guests and things like that. And I've had some insane guests that, like you said, I would was like, I, this person's not going to say yes because I created an asset. And, and the irony is that I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't get any training in it, so to speak. I just said, I really, really want this and I need it and I must do it and I have to go and do it. And so I did what we had Evan Carmichael on the show recently and he talked about this concept of pulling on the on the sweater of the person in front to get to the next one, to the next one. And if there's any advice that I can offer, I'd love for you to talk about this a bit if you can. It's like, how can, I, how can I get who's around me and then leverage the connections I've created and the value that I've now established to get up a little bit higher and a little bit higher? And now, for example, when we reach out to people to say, hey, come on my show, we've got an incredible list of 
people that we can say have been on the show and it makes it a lot easier to get people like yourself uh, and others who would have otherwise said no if I was just a random dude with a random podcast. But I didn't start with, hey, how do I get Travis? How do I get you know Peter Taunton or Neil Patel? I just said, how can I have valuable conversations and start stacking some of those? And when I listen to my first episodes, I cringe. Like I bet you do the same thing, right? You go, oh, oh yeah. my God, this is terrible. Totally. But people let that get in the way of them starting. And I think yeah. that if more of us just took action, we'd get clarity, we could start stacking the value and things come together. Because man, it's like you, you don't planning necessarily where you're going to end up. You just know that what you're doing is building some stuff. And in the future, there's value in relationships. And I'm looking at this like, where am I going to be in 30 years if I've come this far in, in less than a year of who I'm talking to? And I'm excited, super excited. So talk to us about that. Like, how do you how do you how do you play that game and and accelerate your connections by using a podcast uh, and yeah, so, value that way? So uh, you kind of you kind of touched on it earlier, uh, but what I always tell people is that it, it's it's easiest to get the guests that are directly under the highest quality guest that you've been able to get. If that makes sense. So I, I would notice something when I uh, when I got started, which was the the people that were closest to me in terms of like they were on a level above me. They were sometimes actually more difficult to get than people who are two or three levels above me. Meaning, like when I started, I was a six figure guy. So when I would reach out to a seven figure person, you know, they would almost have this like scarcity uh, mentality, this level of arrogance that was like, oh, I'm not going to go on your show. And I got turned down by people who, you know, now I wouldn't even want to interview. Like, like I've turned down people who later came back and wanted to come on the show that we were like, well, we can't at this point. You know what I mean? Like you were a good guest a year ago, but not at this point. That, that's why I just reached out to people. You know, it just doesn't matter if they're on a level that's way above the level that I'm on. I wanted to reach out to those people because if you can get one of them to say yes, the people directly underneath that level are almost automatic yeses at that point. You know what I mean? So it's like, think of it like speaking on a stage. If you go pitch a bunch of mediocre speakers on coming to speak on your stage, one of the first answers they want to know is who else is speaking? Who else is going to the event? They want to associate up. They want to level up. They want to, you know, be able to put in their media bio that they've spoken on stage, quote unquote, with Tony Robbins and Gary Vaynerchuk. And so they want to know who are the other, who are the keynotes? Because I like if if that person's speaking, I'm there. And you don't even have to pay me. I'll just be there. And it's a very similar kind of uh, uh, experience with 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 the podcast guests that I've gotten is if you can if you can continuously level up the highest level of the person that you brought on, even if it's only one or two people at that highest level, the levels directly underneath them are much, much easier to get. You know, so I'll be interested to try this out because I haven't done it since I've had these guys on my show, but I had a shack on my show uh, a couple weeks ago, which was childhood dream for me, to be honest. He was like literally my childhood hero. And I had Rob Deerdeck on the show soon after that, uh, who's a, a well-known a well known guy um, out here in the States. I don't know if he is um, uh, in, in New Zealand or, or not, but really well-known guy, lots of television and stuff that he's done. And, and now he's in the venture capital space, venture funding space. 
and we had a great conversation. So both super recognizable names, and um, I, I haven't even I haven't even uh, been able to to leverage the names yet uh, because I've been working on so many other things. But uh, I, I guarantee you, it's going to be way easier to go get almost any entrepreneurial influencer that I want to go get at this point. And it was already almost to that point because you know I had kind of gotten a lot of those entrepreneurial influencers already on the Grant Cardones and Tom Billu's and John Maxwell's and those types of people, but. There's just something about like the real celebrity status that makes the people who really want that celebrity status to just go ahead and be like, all right, cool, I'll do it. You know what I mean? So uh, I've always found that um, if you go at least two levels above you, it might be easier than going one level above you. And you'll it'll always be easier to get the level directly beneath the highest level you've gotten. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, it might be a little confusing, but those two things uh, were helpful to me when I got started. 100%. I am... Um... The, the more I've been involved in it, it's like I'm understanding the game. You know what I mean? It's like it's like playing Monopoly and not understanding that it's not about going past go and getting $200. Like you right. would play Monopoly with people who are stacking cash and you're just buying hotels and then mm-hmm. they think you're an idiot and then you win. And they're like, yeah. I don't understand. This is unfair. I'm like, that's the game, man. Like learn the rules. And and for me, the more I play it, the more I'm understanding the rules. Like for everyone listening, uh, I'll put this in context. You want to be famous and have a bunch of amazing guests go and pay a million dollars to have tony robbins probably more than that now pay a million bucks have tony robbins come speak at an event that you're hosting do you think you're going to yeah. get some cool guests if tony robbins is headlining your event you're probably right. going to get almost anybody so you might say well it's a million dollars and you go yeah but if you sold tickets do you think you can get enough tickets to make a million bucks and cover your things if you're tony robbins speaking if you're half decent you would and immediately you've leveled up this is essentially influencer marketing. You're taking somebody else's brand and you're leveraging their audience and their name to establish yourself. And there's people that that do this. So when we're talking about pay to play, if you're paying for the right access, you can build connections faster. You can, uh, you can get people to know who you are faster. I call it like the Oprah effect. Oprah's famous because she interviewed famous people and became Oprah. Yep. Now she's Oprah. Now everybody wants yep. to interview her. So you don't have to get the Tony Robbins, the Gary V's, the whoever else. But if, like you said, I like that. I like that play. You get the highest level you can, two levels or, or, or so above, and then everyone else underneath becomes automatic, and that becomes your new uh, baseline. And then you mm-hmm. go to the next one, and new baseline, and new baseline. So I appreciate uh, the the advice, dude. I think that I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm definitely gonna revisit our strategy around what we're doing. But I'm seeing this myself, and and I'm hoping that people are listening to this. Like you guys need to re-listen to this episode. There's been gold uh, in here that I think that all of us can leverage, especially my health professional audience who are who are trying to build the networks and build their businesses. This is this is powerful. So Travis, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Where can people connect with you more about what you're doing and, and get involved? Yeah, probably best way is just TravisChapel.com. Uh, you can find everything, you know, find my uh, find Guestio over there, um, which is literally the application that we built for pay to play guest appearances. Um, so uh, there's a marketplace full of a bunch of guests that you can go on and and uh, pitch them or pay them to be on your show. Um, so you can borrow in that credibility like right off the bat without having to go through months of rejection and reach outs and virtual assistants and all that other stuff. Um, you can just go directly to Guestio and book them. Uh, you can go to TravisChapel.com. Like I said, it'll tell you... it'll ship throw over to Guestio. It'll tell you my Facebook group and uh, my social links are on there. My podcast is there. So yeah, probably TravisChapel.com is the best place. T-R-A-V-I-S-C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L.com.
Thank you so much, dude. I appreciate it. Everyone needs to go check that. I'm definitely going to. I'm already on your site uh, having a look and, and, and seeing what guests that we can go and uh, add to the mix as well. So thank you so much for coming on the show, dude. I appreciate you. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Everything shared will be in the description of the episode so you can go and grab that. Now, if you enjoyed the show and you want to listen to more, please subscribe because every week we're releasing new episodes with inspiring people, successful people, so you can level up your game. So subscribe and also leave us a review. We'd love to hear feedback about the show and your thoughts and opinions there as well. Now, if you want to have more success, whether it's in your life, whether it's in your business, we run live trainings every single week where you can get access to me to coach you through everything from health, wealth, success, business. We're doing topics on all things that you need to live a better, more inspired and successful life. Live trainings every single week. Just visit jamesnielsonwatt.com forward slash live and you can get access to that now. There's also a ton of resources that you get for just listening to the show. All of that will be in the description. So if you are watching this on YouTube, check the description. If you're listening to this episode, check the description. We've got a load of resources there for you to have more success in your life, whether it's relationships, investing, or in business. I'll see you on the next episode. And as always, subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends because there's somebody else that needs to be hearing this and maybe you're their opportunity to help them level up their game.